0: I'm Gary O'Reilly. And I'm Chuck Nice. And this is Playing Playing with Science. Today, it's our World Series throwback special where we will revisit some of the most iconic and everlasting plays of the fall classic. And who can resist a trip down memory lane with these guys? Absolutely not me. That's right. And breaking down the science inside these majestic moments is our good
1: friend from Lynchburg College, Virginia, and the author of Gold Medal Physics, Professor Eric Goff. What's up, Professor?
2: Oh, I'm sorry. Just getting ready for some good fall baseball.
1: (laughs) Sounds good. But that's not all. In part three, we have an extra special Playing With Science Q&A. Shall I spoil it, Gary? Spoiler away. Yes, with Dr. Neil deGrasse Tyson and World Series winning home run hitting Jeff Blum. They're going to answer some questions on the World Series right here on Playing With Science.
0: So that's on the menu for part three. So you are not going to want to miss that. And no cheating. Go the distance, <laughs> and he will come. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> fun doing that. That's good. Right now, joining us is our good friend, physics professor Eric Goff. Eric, how are you, sir? Doing well. I'm really glad to be back. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah, we're always glad to have
0: you. You know. Yeah, you're our resident physics expert. Yeah, yes. absolutely. Absolutely. So should we get to our first play? Let's take our little trip down memory
1: lane. And of course, uh, Dr. Eric, we're going to ask you to break down the science and the physics of these plays. Is that cool? That would be great. All right, let's first go way back in time with one of the greatest players of all time. It's the 1954 World Series. It's the eighth inning in Game 1, Giants versus the Indians. The score is 2-2, and the Indians have two on base. Indian slugger Vic Wirtz is at the plate, and he smashes a ball deep to center field. And the rest... Is what they say the say hey kid does best catches the ball at the wall and man does he hurl one. Take a listen. Look at this. Catches the ball at the wall. Boom. That is
0: Unbelievable! God, he's like one of the best defensive players ever. Can you imagine Vic Wirtz has hit it that far? thinking, "I'm off. Base is yeah. one. Base is yeah. two. I'm around the bend." For, and by the way, that's a 425 foot shot, which uh-huh. in most a
1: lot of parks would have been a home run, right, Eric?
2: Well, you got to think they're in the polo grounds, and the polo grounds back then had a little wedge out in center field that actually went to 483 feet. <sighs> Right, it was, only, like,
1: it was like a little cutout,
2: right? That's right, but the, the ball that Mays caught was just before he got to that cutout, and he had a nice shadow there beside of him that I'm sure kept the ball in the sun, so it was just outside the shadow. And only only four men have ever hit a ball out of that park in deep center. So, uh, I mean, you know, Wirtz drove it about as far as you can. It would have been a home run in any other park. right. So yeah, I mean the the great thing is is that the left handed Don Little that was pitching was uh, replacing Sal Magley, who was the starter and then once uh, Mays makes his great kitsch, little was replaced, and the apocryphal comment that little made was, "Well, I got my man
1: <laughs> <laughs> man so uh, when you When you look at uh, something like that, first of all uh, you know from from a science standpoint, a physics standpoint. What, what kind of has to happen for a ball to, to go, you said four men have launched the ball out of that park, period, at, at that deep center spot.
2: That's right. All right.
1: What has to happen? Have you made any calculations in terms of ball speed, bat speed? What, uh, what happens on a physics level for a ball to travel that far?
2: Well, the ball's probably coming off the bat at something like 110 miles an hour. Wow. Um, it was in the air about five and a half seconds or so before Mays caught it. So this is a really, you know, deep shot, like you said, about 420, 25 feet. And Mays is playing in shallow center field at the time. And you got to remember that sound speed is about one millionth of light speed. So when Mays sees that ball get hit, there's going to be a slight delay before he hears the crack of the bat. So there's a great deal of instinct that's going on. When that ball is hit, he's just sprinting back toward the center field wall, and he catches it right over his left shoulder uh, after running about half the uh, the length of the outfield. So what
0: sort of speed is Willie Mays going at once he starts to chase this down?
2: Well, you got to think an elite sprinter is going to do 100 meters in about 10 seconds. So you're talking about 10 meters per second or about 22 miles an hour. So I, I would say, you know, Willie May's like that early in his career, uh, young, very fit, athletic. He's probably getting, you know, 20 miles an hour approaching that speed as he's running toward that ball.
0: And how far has he got to throw back?
2: Well, now he's sitting there at 420 feet and he's got to get the ball back in the infield. And, and, Equally as impressive as the catch was the throw back. Yes. Absolutely.
1: When you watch him throw it, he throws the ball with his entire body. He hurls the ball Mm. so hard that he spins himself around and falls down and still throws the ball accurately.
0: It's amazing. It's not just distance, it's accuracy and distance. Yeah. It's just as, as good as the catch, the throw is possibly as good, if not better.
2: That's right. You, you know, you got Larry Doby, the great Larry Doby was on second base. Uh, he had run almost to third. He had to go back to tag up and then he ended up getting back to third. But this uh, the, the game would have gone a lot differently had that ball gone over his head. I mean, that might have even been an inside the park home run. Right. He he turns around and, and his hat had already come off and he turns around and, and just like a whirling dervish just fires that ball back into the uh infield, so he's you know throwing that ball you know close to three hundred feet or something in the air
1: that's amazing that's amazing and so and we're looking at this. what would you say because this happened september twenty ninth nineteen fifty four polo grounds here in uh here in New York what would you say? would be the market improvement in players between now and then. And then how much distance would you put between Willie Mays then and best players now?
2: Oh I think Willie Mays could play today. I mean wow. he he was he was a gifted athlete uh you know he certainly had top notch speed that would be, have rivaled uh you know the top base dealers today um, but clearly players today are bigger, training regiments are better, uh, nutrition's better, they have a lot more coaches uh, watching their health and their training, their uh, transportation's a lot uh, nicer, they're getting paid a lot more. I mean, some didn't of have these to get guys... the
0: bus to the stadium.
2: Oh, and, and a lot of these guys yeah. relied on that World Series uh, paycheck for added income. I mean, that was a big deal to make it to the World Series back then.
0: I mean, the impact of this, was it May's catch kept the game tied, allowing the Giants to win 5-2, and I'm, I'm reading this because I've got a favourite name in here, uh, to win the game 5-2 in the 10th inning off of Dusty Rhodes pinch hit home run. Dusty.
2: Well, Dusty, Dusty Rhodes, Ro-
0: Dusty Ro- what a great name.
2: And Dusty Rhodes had a great series with a pinch hitting. But you, if you ever watch Dusty Rhodes' home run to win that World Series, he gets that in the right field corner just into the stands at 258 feet. Oh, so right. That, the, a 258-foot Hit, wins the game for a home run, but a 420 425
1: feet out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 425 feet, you, you get caught out <laughs> where 258, you win the game. That's, uh, that's pretty incredible.
0: That's pretty incredible. Now, there weren't any MVPs back then in 1954,
2: were there? Oh, no, I don't think so.
0: However, Major League Baseball have decided for 2017, the World Series MVP will now be called the Willie Mays. World Series MVP. So a man who wouldn't have got an MVP back for that particular feat gets is one every now single year. Absolutely. Absolutely,
1: every single year from now on, he will get an MVP because yep. his name you can't is. Uh, him. You can't separate him from being the MVP.
0: We're doing a jump from 1954 to 1977. It's October Missed the 18th. Yes, and we are going to visit Mr. October. Can only mean one man, Reggie Jackson. Chuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. so here we go it's game six okay he comes to the plate
1: he's walked for his first batter plate then he hits a home run and the second bat then he hits another home run at his third at bat he can't do it again can he? no he can't do it again but wait he does it again that's right his fourth <laughs> his fourth at bat and uh, this is guy he is the only player to ever hit three home runs in the same uh, game. Now, um, I'm sorry, he's it not the really only, is. he's the second
0: at That time, second player. That time, he's the,
1: the only player game. of his time, of his era, but the only other player to do it was Babe, of course, Ruth. Uh, he wins the MVP and because of that, he is dubbed Mr. October. Mr. October. Why not? So let's take a look and a listen to right. Reggie Jackson.
2: Goodbye.
0: I mean, the pitcher can't believe it. He cannot believe it. He's dialed up his number once again. Am I right there watching that? Reggie Jackson's done this wearing glasses. Yeah. He's got reading glasses on. <laughs> Unbelievable. That's. Oh, listen to that noise.
1: Woo! It's a line drive. Yeah. That's a line drive. So that's uh, that's the line drive
0: home run. He was the second person to hit three homers in World Series game. There's been four guys who've done it. Uh, Is it Puyols and Sandoval? The other two that are now in the same conversation as Babe Ruth and Roger Jackson. So it's not. A regular occurrence. Well, you know, I'd say, I'd say that uh, during this time, this particular
1: era, um, the reason why... Now, Okay, so Eric, I'm going to let you... I'm going to pose this as a question to you. I was about to make a statement, but I'm going to, to I'm gonna pose it as a question to you. Babe Ruth does it. But everybody says during that particular time, you know, the athleticism of baseball was nothing like it was when uh,
2: Red Jackson did it. So, well, let's not forget Babe Ruth did it twice well that's 36 1928
1: yeah and he basically says uh I'm lucky that, that was his answer for why he could do it I'm a I'm a lucky guy <laughs> but then Reggie Jackson does it in his error and uh he's the second guy to do it up until that time uh and people say well babe Ruth doesn't count um it, it, it's Much harder for Reggie Jackson to do it because those players were much better than in Babe Ruth's day. And then you got Albert Pulse and, um, wait, who's the other? Sandoval. Yes. Pablo Sandoval. So, So then that happens and people say, well, it's even harder because the players are even better. What's your take on that argument? Because can you ever compare eras or is it always going to be that argument that the players are bigger, faster, stronger, and therefore it's harder for the player who does it later in any era uh, of any era. It's harder for that player.
2: Well, you got to think the the 70s and 80s, the, the pitching was a little bit more dominant. Um, once you got into the 90s and the aughts, of course, then the, the hitting really took off. So, uh, you know, it wasn't that unusual for somebody to be hitting a home in the thirties in the home yeah. runs to lead the league, uh, you know. This was, uh, you know, Reggie Jackson could hit you know forty four home runs or something like that and lead the league. This was not a, you know, a, an era where you saw a lot of fifty home runs. I mean, right. Foster had fifty two that year, but um, you know that that was rare.
1: <laughs> so, yeah. So, it, do you think it's about basically the talent at the position, or is it about the? prowess of the athlete.
2: So no, I definitely think the uh, I mean Reggie Jackson was a great athlete. I mean, you know, watching that home run in 71 All-Star game he hit in uh, Tiger Stadium. I mean, that guy could absolutely just wail on a ball, but he also struck out a lot because when you watch his swing, it is a full open up I'm going to kill that ball or I'm going to, you know, go down swinging uh uh type of swing. I mean, right. he's almost down on his knee when he swings that bat. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: And it's funny because I'd never think of Reggie Jackson as a great athlete because he always looked to me like somebody's dad playing baseball. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care how young he was. He just looked like somebody's dad playing baseball. I don't know what it was. I'm, I'm sorry. That's just me.
2: <laughs> well, the beauty of what Jackson did, I mean, in, in game five that they, they lost, he had hit a solo home run in the eighth inning and when he came out in the sixth game, he's walked on four straight pitches in his first at bat, and then his next three swings of the bat are from three straight first-pitch home runs. So he went four straight swings of the bat when he hit a home run.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. Now, see, that? I, that's, see,
1: that's
2: amazing.
0: It. Yeah. See, that, that's what makes this such a standout because, you know, you talk about a guy gets a hot hand, just right. ridiculous.
2: Yeah. And Absolutely that's four different pictures. Ridiculous. Yeah. Wow. Four different pitchers too. Unbelievable. Uh, All right.
0: Well,
1: listen, we got to take a break, and we're going to come back with some more stuff, right?
0: Right? Where, yeah, right. From Mr. October, we throw straight to a break. And when we come back, we'll unlock even more science behind a couple of the more iconic World Series moments with Professor Eric Goff. So stick around. We'll be back shortly.
1: Or online from home. So take a breath, moms. This tax season, it's better with Block. Make an appointment at hrblock.com. All tax situations are different. Not everyone gets a refund. Limitations apply. Description of benefits and details at hrblock.com slash guarantees.
0: You know what shouldn't feel like rocket science? Planning a vacation your whole crew will love. With Carnival Cruise Line, it's all Welcome back. I'm Gary O'Reilly. And I'm Chuck Knight. This is playing with, with science. science. Yes, this is our World Series Throwback special episode. And with us to unlock the physics is our good friend Professor Eric Goff of Lynchburg College in Virginia. Um, right, let's waste no time, Chuck. What's yeah. our next clip?
1: Here we go. Let's uh let's let's Bump up to 1988, the World Series home run. It's game one of the series. And on October 5th, 1988, at Dodger Stadium in Los Angeles, we have Gibson's dramatic game-winning home run. So Gibson is pinch-hitting for the Los Angeles Dodgers. It's the bottom of the ninth, okay? Already I'm excited. You are. Bottom of the ninth. This guy is holding injuries To both of his legs, he hits a two-run walk-off home run, and of course, the Athletics Dennis or off of the uh, Dennis Eckersley of the Athletics that won the game for the Dodgers by a score of five to four. So, uh, Gibson's home run was the only played appearance of the series that helped the Dodgers defeat the A's four games to one and of course secured their sixth World Series title and uh, let's take a look let's at the it. clip oh, Tommy Lasorda runs out. He's running as fast as I could no, right no. now. He's running. Yeah. He's dragging his, his legs. He's damn near limping around yeah. the bases. Amazing.
0: Amazing. You know what? When a teammate who you know is physically suffering goes out and says, you know what? I'm here. You want me? I'm playing. It doesn't matter what kind of pain I'm in. You kind of have to get a lift. Yeah. So now let me ask you
1: something, uh, Professor. Um, Dennis Eckersley, um, really a weird delivery uh, on on his pitch. I mean, what would you call that? Is that a sidearm pitch? It it wasn't really sidearm. He just had a weird delivery and a very weird uh, release point. Uh, Does that kind of help or hurt a a hitter?
2: So – Eckersley started off his career as a starting pitcher. I mean, he had pitched right. a no hitter for the Indians. Absolutely. He was a you know not a star, but a decent starting pitcher. Uh, when he was moved into the bullpen by you know Tony LaSorda, I mean, sorry, uh, uh, Tony La Russa, he um, had this nice delivery for a reliever that doesn't require a whole lot of energy. I mean, he, he's going in a slightly sidearm way of throwing, and his you know his go-to pitch was what's called a backdoor slider. Wow. And it was a three-two pitch, and Gibson is supposedly uh, 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 thinking that a three-two pitch, three-two count, uh, Eckersley's going to go to a backdoor slider. Uh, the problem is the the slider was a little too much over the plate, didn't quite go in the back door, went more in the front door on that on that pitch.
1: Didn't slide enough, and didn't go in the back door. Went out the side so door, it, but went out the yeah, when yeah. it left his bat, it did go out the side yeah, door.
0: What, a, what 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 fascinated me. The people, the good people of Los Angeles voted this their greatest sporting moment. They had the Olympics in 1984, yet this moment, this home run resonated so deeply with them.
2: What well, was it for I, you? I think when you watch the ball go into the stands, notice the brake lights you see on the cars outside the stadium. There were some people that left early. <laughs> uh, and when they're listening to it on the radio, and all of a sudden you see those brake lights come on, you kind of wonder if they might have wanted to stay.
1: <laughs> wow, oh man, that's see, that's that's,
0: that's, that's the why wo- that's why Eric's the professor because he noticed the detail.
1: Yeah, exactly. Brake lights in the and but that says you're an awful fan. I'm sorry. I mean, no disrespect. Oh, to, yeah, no disrespect to anybody listening to us in LA. But, but. Uh, <laughs> yeah, listen, I'm just speaking as an Eagles fan. You got to learn how to love your team uh, when they screw you over. Over year after year after year, you don't leave the stadium, you know what I mean? Because that's your badge of honor. It's like, I'm sticking with these guys, I'm going down with the ship, and then you go home and you scream about how they suck. And that's about, that's, that's the whole process. That's the whole process that, that makes you feel better and and, and you know what, I'm, I'm about to cry, I'm sorry.
2: <laughs> well, <laughs> there, don't be sorry for him. Oh. There's some great science in that uh, swing of Gibson's because, I mean, he had hurt his legs in the, the championship series against the Mets, and he's coming up to bat. The great Eckersley's on the mound. Uh, The A's had gotten four runs on one swing of the bat when Jose Canseco had hit a ball into the camera in center field, so that's where their four runs came from. I mean, they got this powerful uh, ball club, the A's, that had won 10 more games that year than the Dodgers. Then you you got Gibson up there, and you know, his legs are bad, so he doesn't have that full extension whenever he's got the stride. He doesn't have that. But if you notice the swing, he still gets the hips rotating slightly, and mm-hmm. he gets the torso rotating. So all of that nice stored energy in his body and the core is unleashed when that uh, backdoor slider hangs up in the strike zone.
1: Very cool, man. Yeah, I mean uh – That it's got to be. Maybe that's why people love this moment so much. Is because to have injuries to both your legs and be able to ding a homer uh, in the World Series is amazing. But anyway, it's a great moment, and I'm glad that we had a chance to take take a look at that. Let's get to our throwback number four. and Let's jump forward in time. A little bit more and we're going up to 1991 and this is the Twins uh, versus the Braves in the fall classic and we're talking a little Kirby Puckett. We're already in extra innings here, right? So I think it's like...
0: Am I right? This is considered the greatest world series
1: of all time? A lot of people think the series itself so because uh, every game kind of went down to like the last of bad and it's like it's just super... It yeah. was full of drama. This whole series series was just full of drama and here we are at game six we're looking at uh uh, 11 innings and the score is tied 3-3 Kirby Puckett take a look
3: into the left hander delivers Puckett 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 swings and hits a blast deep Deep
2: left center center. way back way back the twins go to the seventh game touch them all Kirby Puckett touch
4: Touch
3: them all The
1: twins win the game. Amazing. Eric, here's the thing about that. It kind of looks like he goes down and stretches out to grab that ball. Did did am I wrong?
2: Yeah, I mean, when you think about the ball interacting with the bat, it turns out that the pitch speed is only about one sixth the contribution to the home run that is the bat speed. Cool. The bat speed is much more important. So when Reggie Jackson hits one off of a knuckleball or you got Kirby Puckett hitting Charlie Leibrandt, who certainly wasn't a, a speedball thrower, I mean the bat speed is important. So you've got a you know, a little powder keg like Kirby, Kirby Puckett up there who just explodes onto that pitch. And you'll notice the leg will come up a little bit. You get all this, you know, strength uh, in the thighs and in the core that's going to rotate on that pitch. And it doesn't take long for it to leave the, the, the field.
1: Yeah. And Kirby Puckett, uh, uh, for those of you who remember, uh, the guy was built like a fire plug. <laughs> you know, seriously, he he was like just this little, it was like a little box of power, you know, that's the way he was built. And what kind of, what does that stature do for a hitter when, when you have a guy like Puckett who's built the way he is, you know, he was, he looked like he was almost as wide so said, as we, he was tall. You've
0: got the big power hitters, we're used to seeing those, and you've got this little compact bundle of energy. I mean, there must be some sort of difference in dynamic, Professor. And so does it, is it easier or better to be taller? And and, and does
1: that stretch the strike zone? Or is it easier and better to be like Kirby Puckett, where you're just like this, like I said, a fireplug?
2: So, I mean, you, a typical bat's going to be 31 to 35 ounces and a, you know, a big, huge uh, you know, Dave Winfield or a Jose Canseco or some of these bigger players, uh, they're going to use a heavier bat. You know, Babe Ruth used a heavy bat, mm-hmm. and these things have you know big moments of inertia. You get a lot of energy transfer when you swing that heavy bat, but you don't have quite as much control. Uh, so you get a diminutive player like Kirby Puckett and. and you know, like I said, he's like a little powder keg, and you got these big thighs. You got, you know, uh, strong core, and he gets a lot of bat speed on a short swing. It's not a huge, uh, big looping swing like yes. you saw from Reggie Jackson.
1: Right, not a, not a long wind up. He just kind of—it's almost like it's a snap. Just a compact swing. That's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I want to ask you this, uh, professor, um, because you're such a fan of this game. When you look at the hitters of uh, today, and let's let's just go back to maybe like the aughts. So we'll start around the two thousands. Okay, um, who do you say? Uh, who would you say has the best swing and would be considered the best hitter of this current era? Ooh.
2: Well, if you're talking about the aughts, I mean, I'd have to go with Albert Pujols. Ah, He he dominated the the aughts like I don't think anyone else did. Uh, I mean, he had an incredibly uh, powerful, uh, compact swing. He hit for high average, certainly early in his career. Um, He he was probably the the best of that decade. Yeah.
0: You call them the aughts? yes. Oh, see, in, at home in the UK, the noughties, the noughts, the noughties, the noughties, the noughties Yes. Uh-huh. Sorry, <laughs> I'm, I'm learning another language. I, I'll, I'll catch up soon enough. So well,
2: the noughties is what people in the arts were putting in their body to help them hit some of those. <laughs> ah,
1: <laughs> ah, professor, professor you are That was good stuff right there. I'm going to oh. take it. Well, listen, man, uh, and so now I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll give you that same question for right now because we're not through this decade yet. We're seven years through this decade. What do you? Think right now? Who do you see kind of dominating this particular era and
2: generation? Uh, I like to watch Bryce Harper hit. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, that guy's got. I mean, when he really is up there with his, you know, his teeth grit and uh, he's got the ger- determined look on his face, he really knows how to punish a baseball. <laughs>
1: nice, very nice, very nice, man. This is good yes. stuff. Yes, this is good stuff. I wish we could do it. It's great to take a little look, look back at the World Series to break down some of the science and the physics involved
0: in some of these great plays, and hmm. you know, I'm glad we got the chance to share it with you because your love of the game mm-hmm. just the costner reference there for baseball um, it, it I just saw what you, I saw what you did
1: there yeah, thank you very I much I saw what you did there
0: so it's great to to, to get a feel cuz especially for me baseball is is something I'm getting to grips with and learning more about every day so thank you
2: well thank you for cricket so we could make baseball exactly (laughs) i
0: think you may have improved it but don't tell anyone in the uk i said that oh too late (laughs) right we're gonna take a break up next a special treat on playing with science yes we have a world series winning home run hitting jeff blum and that man yes neil degrasse tyson stick around
2: Reese's peanut butter cups are
4: the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it.
2: You stumped this charming devil. Listening to your favorite podcast? That's smart. Earning your degree online from Southern New Hampshire University? That's really smart. With 24-7 access to coursework, no set class times, and dedicated student support, You can go to school when and where it works for you. Low online tuition means you can even do it for less. And dedicated student support means we'll be with you from day one to graduation and beyond. Join a community of learners just like you. Go to
5: snhu.edu today to start your free application. This
0: episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, plus And situations. Welcome back. I'm Gary O'Reilly. And I'm Chuck nice. And this is Playing with Science. And this is our World Series Throwback Special. And for our final segment, we've got something special just for you. Yep, Facebook Live with Yankee fan Neil deGrasse Tyson and Houston Astros announcer and former player Jeff Blum.
1: Yeah, and for those of you who don't know, Jeff hit the homer in the 2005 World Series while playing for the White Sox against the Houston Astros. And he is now yep. the announcer for the Houston Astros and Neil deGrasse Tyson, of course, being a Bronx born um, huge Yankees fan. So uh, we recorded this segment on Friday, October the 13th, just hours before the Yankees actually played the Astros uh, in the playoffs. So uh,
0: enjoy it. Enjoy. Hey, Neil deGrasse Tyson, Yankees fan. Jeff Blum, Astros announcer.
4: Game on. Game on. Right. Yeah.
0: Game on. Game on. And this is Gary O'Reilly, and I'm Chuck Nice,
1: and this is Facebook Live. Thanks for joining us. And uh, the reason why Gary pointed that out is because we're here in studio talking about uh, baseball, man. Whoa. Baseball, and I, and I brought my trainer with
4: me, DJ Price. This All is right. DJ Price. Hey, DJ, he coaches, he coaches college college baseball here in town. Yes, and fantastic. I said, well, come on by because I know he's going to hey. have some opinions. All right, so Jeff, uh, welcome to Playing With Science.
0: Uh, you're outnumbered, dude. <laughs> <laughs> you are seriously outnumbered. <laughs>
1: but, uh, I tell you this much: uh, We, if, if those of you who are uh, tuning in right now, be a Facebook Live. You can ask us anything you want. Uh, if you want to ask Jeff Blum something about the Astros, if you want to ask uh, Neil something about uh, baseball and the universe, if you want to ask DJ something about baseball and training, we got it all here. If you want to ask me uh, uh, something about, I don't know, joke, my general life. <laughs> I need a joke yeah. right here. <laughs> Maybe you need. <laughs> yeah. Or if you want to ask Gary something about you think you like? how, how how soccer. And and baseball, um, actually, um, p- uh, compare and contrast. You can do that, and I'll be taking your questions as we go through. So, somebody already said, Neil, I love your shirt. Um, and uh, uh, clearly, you are a Yankees fan because you are from. Born and raised in the Bronx. Bronx in the house. Right on, right on. He lives in the Bronx too. So, and Jeff and, and DJ is wearing an Eagles hat. Let me just point this out. Anybody who is a, a science night. fan okay. knows okay. that uh, I am a huge Eagles fan. So,
0: thank you, DJ. All right, Jeff. Who's going to win? Astros, Yankees. The game or the series? All of the above. All of them. It's tonight's game, one. Tonight's game. Tonight is game one, right? I, I
1: can't Astros, give it away.
5: Yeah. yeah. Tonight is game one. Jeff,
1: are you? Are uh, you on? You're on tonight, announcing
5: tonight's yeah. game. Correct. No, you know what? I'm done. Regional sports uh, TV broadcasters are done. They go regional. I'm a fan tonight. Oh, Oh, good for you. You get to watch the game. Why, Why the Astros and not the Yankees for you? Um, Dallas Keuchel pitches very good at Minute Maid Park, and the Astros offense, uh, so they're setting records with their OPS that I know Neil loves in the uh, playoffs <laughs> over OPS, 900.
4: they add, is, the add percentages, <laughs> just, push his bones, add percents. Yeah. They're pushing, they're he's messing with over, your mind. <laughs> if I'm 80% mind. good, and you're 80% good. We're not together, 160% good. That's not how you do numbers, but go on. <laughs> go, go, Jeff, yes. <laughs> so no, You're looking Ast- at the numbers. The Astros
5: are good. They're young, swinging the bats good, and they put a Burton on Tanaka in 2015 last time they faced off in the playoffs. Oh, you got memories there. Okay. Yeah. All right, History. let's get
1: to a question real quick. Um, Jeff Kohler, another Jeff says, what would happen if you switched a baseball to a cricket ball? Ooh.
0: Oh, how would the game how would that change the game? Is a cricket ball like wood? No, 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 it's I think it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's a, the same it's, thing. It's la- slightly larger because it's got the yep. raised, got rage stitches and stitches. Okay. So it's slightly
4: larger well, in red. I'm thinking of the wicket ball or whatever. So Jeff, it only yeah, has only one, one seam. seam.
5: Yeah, yeah one it's team. only has one seam. So it reacts differently when they spin it and stuff like that. The baseball moves a little bit differently, but I think you're right as far as size and weight. And so it's leather covering wood,
4: right? hmm yeah. right. Uh, the, so the, Neil, would that the speed the up or right, slow down the game? Uh, if the ball is heavier, stuff is going to go slower. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's... I mean, look at the speed of a golf ball that gets hit and how, right. and how far it goes. I mean, yeah, plus, you want it to be dense enough so that it can actually win against the air, right? Yes. So, yeah. so you can have, you could, you know, ball up a sheet of paper, throw it as hard as you want. It's not going to go more than 10 feet. So the combination of size and weight and density especially uh, matters here. All right. Yeah. Any more questions? Very mm. cool. Very cool. Um, and who pitches faster? Is it the bo- the bowler, you know, the, uh, in cricket, or is it the? I think the pitcher, the baseball pitcher. Yeah, the pitcher, come pitcher come. Because oh, I
0: mean, Rollis Chapman's going to dial up. I would three say digits. you've
4: got
5: a this Chapman there. He pitches yeah. 105 miles an hour. That's incredible. Yeah. He's yeah. Di- he's dialing up three digits. I think. So it's these cool. guys who do that, how fast do their balls go? Don't
0: forget, it's going to hit the it's going to hit the it's going to hit the ground and bounce. Yeah. So they're, they're going to be not pitch. far. Yeah, off the pitch, they're not going to be far behind. But okay. All right. They're not quite there. Okay, if you throw a uh, baseball through a wormhole. <laughs> oh, there's always a wormhole. There it there's is. There's
1: always a wormhole. always <laughs> oh, a wormhole. Uh, them
4: darn wormholes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that pigeon. Actually, <laughs> I, actually, I just made that up, but oh, no, no. I, know, I know our I know our listeners. Uh, I know how that. they are. But I have an answer. You, could, you can play baseball across the universe through a wormhole. I mean, just think about that. You uh, throw through the wormhole, uh, and someone is uh, waiting on the other side of that hole. And then out comes the ball, and then you swing, and it, so and you go back, th- and you hit it back through the cross level. universe baseball game. That'd be cool. Trans nice. universal baseball. Yep.
1: Mm-hmm. I I love it. All
4: right, oh, let yeah. me find another question. Here's another new quickly. sport we've invented.
1: Uh, can Aaron Judge strike out enough times to cause a black hole in the Yankees? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: Son of a! <laughs> There's a black hole in the <laughs> swing. Dare you? <laughs> oh. DJ, why is he striking out? What's he doing wrong here?
3: I mean, he's 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 definitely getting a lot more breaking pitches. I mean, you can tell, tell that he's uh, yep, right. he's not going the other way with it. He's trying to pull. He's pulling his left side out, I think, a little bit. And uh, oh, sorry. And uh, he's not. He 's not waiting he's just not getting the recognition that he needs and he's you're just, saying he's not as good on the slower pitches is your oh well you're I mean it's easy to hit a fastball yeah. um, within reason i mean the the, the slower pitches are going to move they're gonna, they're going to change planes so it it's definitely something you have to put into perspective and try to go the other way with and he just in the beginning of the season he was hitting the ball to the right side a lot more yeah. and now he's you know he's getting left field happy center field happy. you agree with that Jeff. Oh, oh,
5: oh. No, a lot of it is approach, but you also got to add in the pressure of the postseason. So when when the 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 pitch slows down, the game speeds up, and that's not a good combination for the hitter because like like he's saying – you start to try and go get the baseball. The baseball's moving. Your head starts to move. That means two things are moving, and that makes the game real tough. So he's in a bad place right now. Mm-hmm. That's it. Oh, they're hey, throwing him uh, tonight.
0: <laughs> let's,
1: let me jump in there because I know Jeff has to go. Uh, Lisa Fraser wants yeah, to last Jeff, last one for you. Do you think players that have a better understanding of physics have a better advantage in the game and therefore better performance do you think that jeff that's a great question, um, a question. i think,
5: I think it's important for these guys to understand that these days because we talked about uh pitchers pitching on a different plane but it's the application that worries me a little bit sometimes guys let their head get in the way of the game a little bit too much and then things get a little screwy so if the guy can understand it and apply it that guy's gonna have a way better chance i think yeah Interesting. Nice. Is your Very cool, yeah, Jeff. I answer. know you
1: got to go, man. Thanks so much for joining us, because you, know, you have to get to uh, get to another interview right now.
4: He's w- uh, a wanted man. He's a wanted man, <laughs> dude. I love the space shuttle up on the shirt. Um, no, I love talking with you guys. This is great stuff. It's I a can pleasure do this for hours. as always. Up on your on your Astral shirt, and that's, take you up on that. And that's in memorial to. Um, it would have been uh, – was that in your 03 jersey? Is that right? Yes, you're so, exactly right. So that would have been the uh, Columbia disaster uh, yeah. in, in Memorial because, of course, the, the manned space program is based in Houston. So, there you go. Yep. Yeah.
1: Hey, Jeff, thanks a lot, man. Uh, oh, over in okay. Take Jay. care. An you thanks, thanks, guys. Guys. And for those of you who are with us uh, via Facebook Live, we are going to continue with Neil and DJ. And I have a question now uh, who says, uh, Neil, can't wait to see you in Richmond. Did the Yankees use physics when – Uh, designing the new stadium. Uh, This, that's the only reason I can think of to make it so easy for them to hit homers. Now, first of all, you you kind of secretly hating on the Yankees. I don't appreciate it. <laughs> is it a hate innuendo. A hate yeah. innuendo is there. Uh-huh. But it's a very good question in that um, how does uh, an actual design and construction of a stadium
4: assist in the statistical performance of a player? Well, so consider that if the air circulation in a stadium, yes. if you have prevailing winds mm-hmm. and you know – that they're one way more often than another in the evening, and you want to exploit this for the stadium, you could, and your stadium is like U-shaped, you know, Mm -hmm. Mm horseshoe-shaped, you can imagine orienting it so that the the air circulates and then comes back out and helps the pitch and helps the the hit ball. The thing is, it's not gonna help one team and not the other team, Mm -hmm. okay, so so you, you can't, claim that this is specifically a Yankee advantage in a game the Yankees are playing against another team. What the Yankees did do in the original stadium Mm -hmm. was the Yankees had the farthest point in any field in the major leagues at 464-something feet. Mm -hmm. It was so far out, the ball would never be hit there and there was monuments out there, and there's a flagpole. There was stuff out there <laughs> stuff. in the field. There was stuff. Okay? It's like, hey, there's extra space. You <laughs> know, put some stuff there. Right, we're never. We know we're never going okay? there. Okay, yeah. so now watch. And and that, it was left center field. The right field fence was 296 feet. It was the shortest point of any field. So you could hit a home run, not even hitting it 300 feet. Why? Because the Yankees' power. Were left-handers, right? So they pulled right. that in the way. 1920s. <sighs> Babe Ruth, Lou Gehrig, and so you could—they could just loft home runs the, just at any at, on a whim. So yes, in that mm-hmm. case, they had a stadium designed for their batters. All right, and that way, and so yeah. if, you, if you want to talk about home run asterisks, you can say, "Oh, you hit most of your home runs on the sh- o- yeah. over the short post. Yeah, Okay. Your homers, your homers are at home." Rather than on the road, yeah, yeah, at least I mean, half would be, yeah, right, so right, okay, and that would be hey, more than half. Right. This is where we
0: play more games than not. Why not build our own advantage in?
4: Yeah, and in fact, if I always hit to exact right center, then bring that part in in a promontory,
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'll even pay it's, for it. It's, it's interesting because I mean, city city field originally was built for city pitchers. field for the Mets. Yeah, yeah for the, originally built for pitchers, but. Opposing teams were hitting so well there. They were like, well, how do we get our team to do as well? And they started bringing the fences in. And then opposing teams were still hitting well there, and then the Mets started to come around. But even when you try to build a stadium to, to match your team, because Mets were trying to match your team for pitching, sometimes it doesn't work in your favor.
4: And another way you design a stadium for the pitcher, not the hitter, is have very wide foul zones. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yep. you, uh, all right, yeah, it does You get. It, you can catch a foul ball right yes. and it's sure. easier
1: to catch a foul right, ball right right. Hmm? right okay so now uh dj I, uh, I got one from you and this is um uh this is from Soren Holland who says this hey how are you going to wear a Brooklyn shirt and an
4: Eagles hat? <laughs> What's uh, up with that?
3: I, I mean, I, I like all sports. Uh, I'm a big fan of everything. Uh, you know, the Eagles are just a family thing. And then, uh, you know, I can't go wrong with Mike Tyson. I mean, come on. And it's just, it, it, You're absolutely right.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just have to, I have to tell you, DJ, that when I saw your shirt, I said to myself, okay, this guy, his
3: ears look delicious.
1: And I, I'm thinking about that. I might, I might just
3: take a little taste of him. <laughs> all right, so... And, uh, uh, you know, I mean, it, it, if I would have planned better, if I would have known mm-hmm. I was going to be coming on, I would have definitely worn Mets gear. Oh, okay,
4: I, I just, I just, yanked <laughs> them
3: out of the street here. Yeah. So,
4: so uh, when you coach at Lehman College, are yeah. you, uh, are you mostly a strength coach, a batting? What do you? What, uh, I do
3: some, I do most of the speed and strength stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I'm the third base coach, mm-hmm. um, and I work with the outfielders and defense mainly. So, okay,
0: all right, cool. Um, okay, yeah. I have a question for you: The Astros have a diminutive hitter, Altuve. Altuve, yeah. what is going on there? Because normally it's the big power
3: built, you know, mm-hmm. the guy with the guns just comes out, goes ding. Mm-hmm. This is a little guy that's—it's amazing, making an everything am- go ding, ding, ding. Amazing talent, and yeah. it's funny because he was told at one point that you know we don't need you. Like when he originally got signed by the Astros, they told him to go home, and, no. he a, and he got on a bus, and he's like, you know what, I'm not doing this, and he came back for the next day, and they're like, well, we cut you, and he's like, no, no. Yeah.
4: And staying I am telling here. you,
3: I'm staying not here. going. Okay. I'm staying here. But he's yeah, got a... It's good
4: when they put you on a bus. No, it isn't. No. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. But they have... I mean, well, this is another... on a bus. Another country, too. yeah. You know? I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, but yeah. So, he, I mean, he stuck around and they, they kept him. And, um, you know, so now he's he's MVP talent. But yeah. he yeah, has yeah. an unbelievable knack for making quality contact. His bat is always where the ball is. We were talking about Gardner before. Yeah. So
0: why, why, and, why is it now a little guy can do that? Whereas before, little guys weren't... that speed. Speed. It's,
3: it's all about bat, bat speed. speed. Because you got to think about it, it's a, a bat path. So his hands get through the zone very quickly. And, you know, let's say he's, you know, he's using a 32 inch bat, which is probably going to be about 29, 30 ounces, give or take. I mean, he uses a tool that matches his size. And now all he's to do is. Make good contact with a ball. It's coming 95 miles per hour. Mm-hmm. You're going to send that ball someplace. But
4: is, with, is his strike zone smaller? Do they have to shrink down? Oh, the definitely. Zone I mean, okay. his, his
3: his strike zone. Well, the, the natural strike zone is going to be between knees and uh, the, 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 ju- letters, the, the letters, yeah, yeah. basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, he's he gets down nice and low. He's going to get a lot more pitches to hit because so we
0: were talking about Aaron Judge being thrown kryptonite.
3: Yeah, he's six.
4: What's his? What's his? What's his? He, I, I looked huge. it up. He's six eight. 284 pounds. Yeah. Total opposite. Right, but is. he's kind of proportioned. So he walks around and he looks normal and then he stands next to someone else and yeah. Said, whoa! Yeah. Like, what? What? what who, jolly Green Giant just right. walked he's in. He's next right. to
3: guys in the in the dugout and they're, he just towers over them. Yeah, but... Yeah, you just see a head moving across. Interestingly but, enough, I'm watching the game, he crouches down. He actually does bend his knees if you watch him. He's not mm-hmm. trying to... He, he doesn't... L- let them exploit his size. He actually okay. gets down a little bit. Okay. All
1: right, let me get to one more question because yes. we're we're running out running of time Running low, here. okay. Uh-huh. All right, yeah. we're
3: running low on time here.
1: Okay. Neil, Neil, this is from Valerie Williams. Hey, Neil, uh, if you were to throw a wiffle ball on Mars, how much different would the throw be compared to a regular oh, baseball ball. on Mars with Mars's gravity
4: and atmosphere? Oh, nice. It's a very good question. Yeah, so what's good about that question is, of course, a wiffle ball, it could leave your hand at 100 miles an hour. That's right. But it gets to the batter going nothing. That's right. right. Because it is... Totally absorbing the air. Exactly. The air resistance is, is all about that. Um, and so on Mars, the air pressure is one one hundredth of what it is here. Oh. Yeah. The, yeah. You're not. Yeah. There's, hard, there's hardly any air. There's no pressure at all. <laughs> so you can take a <laughs> wiffle ball, throw it 100 miles an hour, and get hurt by it. So the thin, thin, <laughs> the thin. Oh. So the thin, thin atmosphere allows that wiffle ball with all those holes in it. Here's how to think about it. Go ahead. The wiffle ball Will behave in a thin atmosphere the way a heavier ball would in a heavier you go. atmosphere. Gotcha. Right. So well, the thin atmosphere makes a wiffle ball heavier. <laughs> well, no, it makes it, it, no, it, makes just, it, it won't behave. slow down as much. It right, won't right, slow down. Right. right, right. And with the lower gravity, you know, oh, I want to make sure we get this in. Um, I calculated and, and tweeted long ago. There is a slowest possible pitch. Where? Throw. Here on Earth? Oh, yes. Yes, okay. Sorry, sorry, yeah, on earth. (laughs) Listen, I'm considering who I'm talking to. I'm just considering my my the source. Yes, yes. (laughs) Um, So if you calculate it, so anything slower than this is gonna bounce before it hits the, the, the catcher. Okay. So 25 miles an hour at 45 degree angle. Okay. That is the slowest possible pitch. The slowest possible pitch to make it over the plate. Make it from the pitcher to the catcher. the catcher. 60 feet, 6 inches. Right. Anything slower than that at any other angle is not going to make it. Wow. It's just going to tail off. Yeah, it'll tail off. That's right. No, right, that's right, Super cool. Yeah, so, so on a different planet, it will be airborne. Oh, no, there, oh that, there's some the, oh, people. We, put we a, brought up uh, uh, so the. Well, oh, oh, I, oh, I said 30 miles an hour. And I'm thinking, oh, my tweet from five <laughs> years ago says 30 miles an hour. Uh oh. I'm going to go check. Now this. you got to redo yeah. all your calculations. <laughs> you got to do all your calculations. <laughs> but it's either 25 or 30. Yeah, but that's. Either the, way.
1: It's how fast I'm throwing a ball. (laughs) (laughs) All right, listen, we are out of time. Uh, Oh, my gosh. So uh, make sure that you check out uh, Gary and Chuck Nice on Playing With Science. Um, And uh, you can find everything that we do on StarTalkAllAccess.com. No matter what it is, if it's StarTalk, it lives there, plus things you can't find anyplace else. So make sure you check out StarTalkAllAccess.com. Neil, thank you. Sure, and DJ, thank you.
4: Thanks for coming yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. To, to, to meet you. Some, some
0: baseball expertise. Absolutely. I'm Gary O'Reilly. I'm Chuck Nice. Catch you next time.
4: Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.